of the Melody Holmes Quiz. I am Williams. some sort of structure even if your child chooses to learn something quote unquote non-traditional like farming it still should be some structure to it because what most people don't realize structure is very important in successful farming because things have to be done properly they have to be done within time and you don't get any give back so if the crop doesn't come it's not coming so a lot of it is mistakes that are made and things that aren't done timely or properly. So, again, that's a little offshoot note that I was just thinking of here. But I was wondering if any of you had any uh, experiences in larger workshops and if you enjoyed them. Uh, looking forward to some of your comments. You can email me at twineasy142 at gmail. That's twineasy142 at gmail. If you come across this and you have had experience with workshops, I'll be interested in seeing how those went for you. And I will do a follow-up regarding that after we come back and we could discuss it, me and my wife, and speak to the kids about how they felt about it. And I'll let you guys know how that went. But it's going to be a workshop that's going to be out of town. We'll be going for a few days, like I said. We'll be staying overnight. And I'm looking forward to it because it's going to be people from all over the country so, you know, I'm currently in the Midwest, although I'm originally from the East Coast. Well, I'm from Chicago area Midwest, but it'll be interesting to see how other people go about their teachings. And if it's done differently by region, uh, it'd be interesting to see the different stipulations each state has. Again, like I said, where I'm located in the Midwest, it's very fluid uh, the people before us did a good job of sticking up and fighting for it, so it's not very controlled as far as people demanding what you do, where you do it, and keeping tabs on you. So we we do um, a curriculum that's outlined. It's been around for decades. It's online. We do keep all our work. There are exams weekly, quarterly, and at the end of the year. 
and you are required to pass the end of the year exams to move on to the next grade. So we have that done within the curriculum that we teach, but as far as the state, we are not required to send that in on a regular basis. If they call and ask for it or request it, we're not obligated to give it to them, but it is recommended that we do, so therefore we keep their notebooks and keep all the work that they do. We keep it on file. We have hard copies of it to go along with the curriculum that's online and their records of it. They get weekly tests. They're scored and graded and get given points for it just for mastery so we know what they're doing. So it'll be interesting to see what other states regulate, what other states demand as far as how strict they are, how loose they are, how much attention they're paying to what you're doing with your children. And I know in one of their smaller groups we had that we attend to out here, we had a family that initially started their children in school, their local public school. They took them out and they said the local public school attempted to contact them, wondering why they weren't in school. But like I said, we've homeschooled this group of children. We have our younger children from day one, so that's all they know, that's all we know. Public school has no records of them, <laughs> and we don't intend them on going to that. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. I'm really looking forward to that. And hopefully <clears throat> there'll be a, a larger male populace there. I know in a lot of the groups that I look through online and that I, that I connect with, as far as black fathers and black parents, there's a stronger presence for them as far as leading the curriculum and knowing what's going on. When I see more European or Caucasian groups, mostly it's the women. And I notice a lot of that is in, is in Canada, that the women are the ones that are doing most of the teaching and even keeping up with it, and dads don't seem to even be interacting at all. But I know in the black community, uh, even the um, other groups that I follow and that I'm a part of, they're black led by black men like this podcast. I know at my house, I do most of the primary teaching. Just, that's just the way it was based on our schedules. <clears throat> and that's how it's, we just kept it through. But my wife, like I said, my wife gets the test scores online. She knows what they're doing. She pulls out a lot of the... Um, curriculum and she does most of the off curriculum hour work so if it's a Saturday and they're they're getting out of line aboard she finds some notebooks and workbooks in a heartbeat and get them going so it's not that the wives or the, the mothers aren't participants it's just that they are not leading the daily structure of it but so I was wondering to see if that was also a cultural thing or that's just the groups I've been exposed to Again, I'm not on any national boards or I don't travel nationally to check out this stuff. This would be my first workshop going to a larger extensive group of people who are not in my region, in my area, outside from the groups I participate with online, on Facebook groups and things like that. So that'll be interesting. Um, I also want to know how many people actually participate in the Facebook groups because it seems like there's a large number when you look at a group on Facebook, it'll say there's 1.2 thousand members. But if you look through the comments and the posting, there's only about 10 to 15 people who are actually interactive on a daily basis or a weekly basis on those posts. And I know here on my podcast, I don't have a large following either. I have a smaller amount of people 
according to the numbers, it's mostly men with 30 and 40 and up, possibly due to me being the host in that demographic. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just interested in seeing if uh, the groups are people who are more interactive or if they're just using it as resources, if there's any new information coming out or if they're interactive. So again, we're trying to trying to grow this podcast out to get a, a broader audience to be um, more insightful, to get more help out there to people who have questions or need encouragement. And again, for myself, to find out what is, what's out there, what people are doing, how they're liking it, if it's a path that they want to continue doing. So again, I dropped my email earlier. Uh, any questions or comments, you can reach me at twineasy142 at gmail.com. I'll be looking forward to your responses for that as well. And another thing I wanted to um, get into is the give and take of homeschool from parent to pupil, your child, that a lot of times people think it's a free-for-all mixed in with stringent. And there's got to be some common ground. Whereas you don't want to just give them a total rule where they're like, well, I don't feel like doing my work. You're like, okay, then three days later, no one's done anything. You don't want to be so strict and overbearing that they're not even interested either. That you do want to keep the, keep the engagement, keep their interactive fun. And you do want to let them lead, as I say here on this, with the interest that they have. And I know, for instance, I'll give you an example of what we what we have going on is our children are big on Mario and video games, which is odd because they do not own a video game system. They do not play video games, but they read a lot of books about the video games. They're interested in it. It's something that interests them. So they go on Scratch to get the coding aspect. I'll, I'll encourage that. But then they end up trying to find the video game. And I'm like, you can't do Scratch if you're going to play the video game. You're here to design the video game. So that, again, is give and take. Yes, you want to you want to have them do things that they enjoy and keep their interest, but you do kind of want to keep the structure so they get the knowledge and educational value out of what they're doing. So kids just have a I've I've come to learn that kids just have a natural inclination for what they like and don't like, and it's not always about overly exposing them to something because they're not necessarily going to take an interest in it as opposed to something they might see one or two times and it just hits and they just want to be a part of that. So, one thing I noticed socially is that children just like what they're like. They're very independent, free-thinking people and that it's hard to mold a child to what you want them to be without damaging them. And I just say that just from watching. It's not an experience. I'm not, again... I have a child who likes to be a baker. I have another child that wants to be an engineer. So it is what it is. That's what your life, what you want to enjoy. We encourage that. I'm not pushing them one path or another. But I did notice a lot of things. I'm into sports. I watch a lot of sports documentaries. And a lot of these people whose parents push them strictly into sports to do this one particular sport, one thing all the time, the children generally end up burnt out and resented for it, or very resentful for it. Even when it's something that they thought at one point that they liked, once the parent doesn't ease back the pedal off of it, it becomes very overwhelming. 
the Todd Marinovich for people who were in the 80s. He ended up becoming a drug addict and he stopped talking to his father for decades until his father passed away. We see it's affected Tiger Woods in different ways from the, yes, he loved golf, he loved competing with it, but it just became too much. And they didn't have an opposite outlet. So again, give and take, maybe another word would be balance. That as much as you want to push your kids to succeed in a certain area, they do need an outlet. You can't have them doing schoolwork 24 hours a day and they don't get to run around and play and goof off a little bit. Or they, if you want them to be an engineer and you're doing math, 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 engineering problems and equations all day, maybe they want to sit down and just read a book about a faraway land. You got to learn to find the balance in it to keep them centered and grounded and happy and Still keep them childlike and engaged. So that was one thing I was wondering how people do a good balance with that, with being regimented and strict, quote unquote, at the same time of giving your child the freedom to learn how they want to learn, but still making sure that there's balance and not just a quote, quote, free for all. Because I know one of the groups I went to, and me and my wife still talk about from time to time, and this is why I'm not big on the unschool. There was a child that was just totally unruly as opposed to unschooled. They're like, oh, he just does what he wants to do. We just wake up, he just does what he wants to do for the day. And I'm like, that's fine, but that's not going to work in an organized society and surrounding with other people. And that's not helping him, in my opinion. Again, I'm no expert. But some things do require structure and grounding. And another thing I saw from another um, friend of mine, she's actually uh, um, homeschooling her youngest as her other kids were in school also. She's married and lives in Atlanta now. And she did a board, she does a board rather, where they'll go grocery shopping and they'll make that a teachable lesson. So they'll go on the board and they'll structure the sentences out and find the verbs and the adverbs and the nouns. And they literally tell the story. She just writes it on the board. So again, that's another way to get things educational in line and structure while being free. Again, it's a balance of give and take. And I think kids appreciate it when you do it that way. Because we have um, part of their my children's uh, program every day. It used to be weekly, but it's about two times a week now they have to do a project. And it has to have a video component, an audio component, and a written component. And they were being heavy Mario. Mario, Mario, Mario. And we were trying to tell them, you're Mario'd out. You have to move on to something else. You can't just do Mario all the time if you're going to be doing this two or three times a week. Got to broaden your horizons. So the give and take on that is they get to they get they have to do something besides Mario. But again, when they do their scratch, they can put some of the Mario characters into their scratch programming. They can't play the game, but they can use some of those scratch characters because you can make sprites. Sprites would be the characters that you move across the screen for those who aren't familiar with the scratch program they get to pick Mario characters and make them in their, scra- their scratch and their sprites. So again, this one comes into paying attention to what your children are doing. 
being cognizant and aware of the, the curriculum that they're doing, but also keeping them guided and engaged, and also giving them freedom to make it something enjoyable for them. So that's the one thing I was wondering about as far as the give and take in the groups that, that people have come across. So again, if you want to donate to the pod, feel feel free to cash app us at dollar sign twin one four two. Any any donations will be greatly appreciated as we try to grow the pod. I uh, thank you again for listening. Again, hit up the email. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or any topics you'd like us to discuss, or any questions you have going forward. Again, thank you for your time for listening. Peace, love, and light, and energy. Thank you, and good night.